the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one we receive grace to take whenever we come before the lord to receive that which he would give the lord loves to give good gifts loves to give good gifts so we should um, learn to enjoy them we should learn to enjoy whatever it is he gives Let's look at the book of Zephaniah chapter 1 and uh, who knows, we might be able to read all. This is the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah son of Cushi, the son of Gedaliah, the son of Amariah, the son of Hezekiah in the days of Josiah son of Ammon king of Judah. I will completely sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the idols with their wicked worshippers. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who dwell in Jerusalem. I will cut off from this place every remnant of Baal the names of the idolatrous and pagan priests, those who bow on the rooftops to worship the host of heaven, those who bow down and swear by the Lord, but also swear by Milcom, and those who turn back from following the Lord, neither seeking the Lord nor inquiring of him. The introduction is the Lord saying that he would judge everything on the earth. Now, if you ever come to the place where you can read a passage like that and be distracted and bored and like, huh, just know you're already <laughs> in trouble. Like, if you can hear what I just read, just the little we've read so far, and you can hear it and stand up and go, okay, whatever, what am I eating today? If your heart doesn't tremble, you likely almost certainly be judged because it means your heart is not, uh, not normal. I read parts again. He said in verse 2, I will completely sweep away everything from the face of the earth. So immediately, you know, this is, I don't know if I should borrow how the world talks. They say apocalyptic. This is talking about the end. This is talking about 
the whole earth. This is not uh, limited. Everything from the face of the earth. Why should he sweep everything from the face of the earth? It's called judgment. It's called um, it's called the end of all things. If you remember, and I want you to know that he said in verse three that he will sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. When the flood of Noah happened, the fish were not swept away. Why? Because water is their element. So it tells you in the book of um, Genesis, look at the book of Genesis chapter 6, when the Lord is speaking, he said in verse 7, can you give me verse 7? Let me read in the same translation. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the earth, every man and beast and crawling creature and bird of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. He stopped that bird of the air. You can't see the fish touched. I'm trying to let you know, Zephaniah is not some general. I'm sure you'll come across someone that says, oh, this prophecy came to pass, you know. It was just figurative expressions of the most. No, that's not what it is. When he gets this specific, the first time he told you he would do something like this. We are looking at Genesis 6, 7. It wasn't figurative. He actually judged everything. And he's saying he's going to do the same thing again. The difference with that time is, I don't know how long it was between the prophecy and the fulfillment. A hundred plus years. We, when was the book of Zephaniah written? And it's not the first. There's multiple records of this. Multiple records. Multiple records. For those who don't realize, I, I can't remember the specific number. Now, I mentioned it some weeks ago. But you should know that the larger percentage of the Bible, what you call the Bible, talks about the last days than all of scriptures. Your mind may have not realized it as you're reading. You're reading the Psalms, you're reading. The majority of scripture you're reading is talking about the time you and I are alive, not about the past. It's scary. You know, when I heard a teacher, Mike Bickle, saying this, I was like, really? That about 90 chapters in the New Testament we're talking about the first coming of Jesus. And by 150 chapters, I'm talking about his second coming. Do we even see that? When you read your Bible, are you seeing your time? We don't. We, we, see, we see the past. Uh, okay, there's a little prophecy, maybe two or three verses here talking about the future. No. The whole, whole chapters. So we are focused often on the past. Jesus, the same yesterday. We should be focused on him in the future, today and forever. Our generation is the one that will see most of biblical scripture of prophecy fulfilled. I'd like to say it should terrify you. If you're going to live through most of the most terrifying times the earth has seen, there's a mindset and you might say, if this is true, there would be more announcements of it. 
more people will be talking about it, Joe. You forget what Jesus said. He said in Matthew chapter 24 and other contemporary chapters in Mark and Luke that as it was in the day of Noah, in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. He told you exactly how it would be. Everyone would be distracted. In Noah's time, eight people were preparing for it. Eight out of everyone on earth. There were eight human beings. If, if, if you don't understand how that works, how can less than 10 people be preparing for something that was so sure? And all the rest, the Bible tells you exactly what they were doing. They were marrying and giving in marriage. They were eating and drinking. That's what it tells you they were doing. Like today, throughout the ages, people have been married and given marriage. It's not wrong. God created marriage from the very beginning. He says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. God ordained that. The issue is knowing times and seasons. So there are seasons when what was once very important becomes less important. As an example, oh, you were once a student. You spent a lot of time reading your books, reading your books, reading your books. It's important. You've left school. You're a pregnant woman. You have three days left before you put to bed, according to the doctor's estimate. Your husband says, have you bought everything? He says, leave, leave me alone. I'm reading. There's something I want to find out about chemistry. They say, <laughs> You really need to have your small bag ready. <laughs> I, I, I don't like these distractions. I've told you. There's this subject. I promised myself I will cram a chapter a week of my textbook. For what, ma? Can't I have dreams? The issue is not studying. You should have done this when you were a student. You shouldn't be doing it when you're about to put to bed. You should be putting things in place. Who is going to stay with you? Have you called Mama to get ready to travel and come down? Everything is upside down in your head. That was the challenge. You could marry. By the time came, God said he was going to judge the earth. You should be doing one thing. Getting ready to meet the Lord. That's the only thing they were supposed to be doing. Noah's sons married in the midst of that. I can assure you it was short and sharp. I can assure you. I once said, and I heard it said that it's written in other records. So I said it before I read it, you know, that it was shortly just when God said, you have it days left or something. They went and found wives. It, it was, they focused on building first. Then they brushed, picked one or two people and uh, were settled, you know, in their boat or ark. And then the Lord came. The flood waters came. We all must not ever be people who don't know the times and the seasons and the order of things. Knowing the order of things is absolutely a priority. The scriptures we are looking at says God will also judge the fish. 
The book of Hebrews tells us that the Lord said, Once I shook the heavens, or the earth, and now I am going to shake heaven and earth. I should tell you something. You know, if you ever look at the book of Hebrews, he points out that the future shaking of the world will be worse than the first. I won't just shake the earth. I will shake heaven and earth. We ought to be more God-fearing than any generation, any set of people that ever existed. We ought to be more terrified, more obsessed with getting ready. The first generation that did not get ready were dead. They were killed. They were not pleasing to God. Those who were pleasing to him were saved. It's easy. It's, his name was Noah. He said, as it was in the days of Lot, so it will be. Jesus said this. When I'm coming again, it will be the same thing in the days of Lot. Only how many souls? Lot, originally his wife was there. She was destroyed later. Two daughters? How many is that? You may not understand it. Let me explain. The percentage that were saved, and that's even originally because it was reduced, the percentage that were saved from Sodom and Gomorrah was half of the percentage that was saved the first time. Half. Four came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, began to come out. The first eight were saved. After that, four. And out of that four, one was removed. Didn't even make it. That's a message. And in case you don't know how the world will be judged next time, the Bible tells us it's by fire. And I'm trying to avoid opening all these scriptures. It's by fire, the Bible says. First time it was by water. The Bible says the first world was destroyed by water. And the next one is being reserved for fire. That is why the fish will die too, because boiling seas, boiling water is not conducive for fish. They can survive cold, they can't survive fire. These are the things that will come on the earth. The first experience lasted 40 days in the judgment pouring down when the windows of heaven were open. But that is not how long the waters remained on the face of the earth. The waters stayed for a very long time, about five months. But it receded gradually. The judgment remained. If there was anything that had survived before those waters went down. So it wasn't 40 days of trouble over. That's not what happened was 40 days of pouring out judgment. And then the judgment sat and sank in. The same thing will happen on the earth. Many months ago, I spoke about how we were looking at scriptures. We came across the Euphrates, the angels held under the Euphrates. And I pointed out that the Euphrates was drying up. That was months ago. I'm sure you remember. It's dried up much more since then. Between that time, it's dried up. 
beneath the Euphrates are cages. It's the weirdest thing. Nobody understands what they are looking at. Who has seen it? There's these things like bars. It's not, it's, it's like pillars. It's obvious there's tunnels, endless tunnels under the Euphrates. The water has gone down. I mean, the pictures are everywhere. It's, it's the weirdest thing. So there's this river, and under it are, are tunnels with, with bars and all that. How? Why? Under a river that has existed since Genesis. Have you read? The river Genesis is running in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. The river Euphrates. Why? Why do you exist? Under a river. Now we know, and some of it, you know, uh, there's history that um, it's one of the ways that Babylon was taken. So is it possible that's the time they built those things? And uh, that we, the Bible says through the garden, four rivers, Pishon, Gishon, uh, there's another one, and then the Tigris, and uh, Euphrates. If that river was running around Eden, so if this is the river that ran around Eden, so wherever was Eden? <laughs> Who are these angels that were bound under? The Bible says they will be released. It said the Euphrates will dry up. Uh, now, this is not, this is now, okay? So this is happening now. This is not ancient history. I don't know if it's ever dried up like this. It's really bad. Now, the part that is funny or astonishing, which I am not sure of. Who has heard the sounds they say are coming out from under? Again, I'm, I don't know if it's true. If someone picked it. If you hear it, you should find it and play before we leave this way. Small. If you hear, it's like a horror film with things like chains. It's again, there's no description I give that till you hear it. Now, the question is is someone mischievous? Did someone go there, record sounds from a horror movie overlay? I don't know. I just hope it's not true. Because if something could have been under the river this long, a river that has been running for thousands of years, I suspect if the Bible says that something will be released from under a river and it's actually making sounds, I don't think when it comes out, it will be happy. <laughs> now, I could have told you this a while ago, but I, I didn't. You know, from that time I said it about three, four months ago, right? We told you about Euphrates drying up and all of that. I, I haven't wanted to talk about it because I don't like next thing all of you run and go and tell your classmates. <laughs> tell all your colleagues, you know, and then just go crazy. But it's fine. Get go crazy. Get scared. I've told you for years you should be afraid. It's the last days. And um, focusing on messages that tell you. Don't be afraid. God's a God of love. Before it happens, Christians are gone. 
I'll show you how you can escape it. Because that story of Christians being gone, over and over again, I've told you. <laughs> False doctrine is the poisoning of the spirit. The defilement of this Bible speaks of the in Second Corinthians seven verse one talks about filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Now you've probably heard many people have uh, preached and said your spirit can be defiled, it's only your body and all that. But the Bible says there's filthiness of the spirit, so you can decide who you're going to believe in. You can choose to keep to your fantasies or believe scripture. What is filthiness of the spirit as I understand it? How is the spirit run? What is it that the spirit feeds on? It feeds on the word. The words that go into it. I believe filthiness of the spirit is doctrinal defilement. When what you believe is a lie. It's what Jesus called the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees and Herod. Jesus mentioned three kinds of yeast. Four, to be fact. One is the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is like a woman who took three portions of dough and put yeast in them. And I've, we've explained them, the three dimensions, manifestations of the kingdom of God. The Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacle. Each of them starts small and then it rises Start small, then it rises. Start small. So God reveals himself in portions, in segments. Start small like bread or dough with yeast in it. The kingdom of God is like that. Then it rises, rises. Then it's tested. After it rises for a while, then it's tested in fire. That's one. Then another. And we also saw, I don't know how much I connected at the time for you, but we saw that uh, Saul, and not just Saul, we saw some other character. I said, when you go, um, you see a man with three loaves. Remember? Just some weeks ago. And he will give you two. And I told you why. Because Saul is a representation of Pentecost. The Pentecostal church. It's two levels. But the man is with three loaves. Three men that were going up to the Lord. It ought to be three loaves, not two. Then he was given two because that's his calling. That's how the scriptures work. There are hidden cues all over scriptures. There's God is speaking. But you need eyes to see. Scales must be removed. That's the kingdom of God. That's a form of yeast. But good yeast. In that picture. But the bad yeast. The teachings of the Sadducees. We spoke about it barely about two weeks ago. Again, spoke, we've spoken about the teaching of the Pharisees. You know, Sadducees is primarily unbelief. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in the resurrection. Believe when you're dead, you're gone. They don't, they don't believe there'll be a rising up. They can't even believe when you're dead, you go to heaven. But they don't talk about that man will resurrect. And Isaiah 26 and other passages tell you, it's not your spirit that resurrects. It's your body. Your body. Your dead bodies will live. Bible says. Bodies. It's clear. It's obvious that it's the body. But right now, in the body of Christ, how many Christians have even heard this? 
all you've heard is how you you die, you go to heaven and live there forever, which is not true at all. See, this is the defiling of the world. And it's not true. Why? Not because I found a secret code, an interpretation. Because it's obviously in the Bible, on the surface. It's not a hidden truth. It's on top. There are hidden things. You come here, there's things in here. You come here, there are things on here. This is not hidden. But it's hidden in plain sight. It's just there. But it can't be seen. That's the power of defiled doctrine, of filthiness of the spirit. When the spirits of men have been fed with falsehood for a long time, a lot of these things were taught from 300 years after the Lord Jesus died. So they've been around for nearly 2,000 years. And if someone keeps talking about only one thing, you'd never see the other. You can't ever see it. It's like, uh, you know, talking with Nigerians. I hear someone say, um, Buhari's government has not done anything at all. And you're like, really, do you? You actually believe that thing you said? And say, absolutely. I remember I said a friend of mine years ago, 2017 or 18. And he said, show me. And he was a nice, gentle guy. <laughs> yeah. I said, Ita, tell me one thing. What? He looked like he meant what he was saying. He said, he said, one. And at the time, I had already seen hundreds, if not thousands, already, not heard, seen, seen. I had seen them, videos, pictures, I had seen them, you know. Someone added me to some group where they were tracking socioeconomic progress. And that, that was seven years ago. And between then and now, I've seen thousands and thousands. And there are actually people who walk around say they haven't done anything. And mega things, not tiny things. Massive things. Many things that have never been done. You know, things that for generations, all of the nation will benefit. But there are people who believe you know, of course, it's going to happen in the days ahead as those things are switched on, uh, as those things are is set in the ground, set up, and all the electricity, all of that. Think you seeing that many people think very childish. They'll say, eh, hey, you see, you see what this government is like. But, and that's a future government. But it won't be true. It will be the one who did 95% that ought to take the glory. But someone can't take it. It's like the real thing, you know. I remember seeing it the first time I was going to Kaduna and I saw the uh, railway, I saw the train thing you know, between Abuja and Kaduna, the rail lines. And I was like, oh, they, now Jonathan Goodluck did that. You know, but this present administration came and completed it. Now, what was done couldn't be used. It, was, it didn't mean anything. You know, they needed the train amongst other things. I might, let me not say too much, I'm not sure if the train itself was there, but if it was there, it was very little. Many more things had to be brought in. And then it started working. That was the exciting thing, no? It started, when did I trap? That was 2.15 when I saw it first. And then the time came, it was now working. And then multiple new rail lines, multiple were now set up and all of that. I'm saying someone can do something, another person does not see it at all. And that's how it is. I'm using that as an example. How you can have an idea in your head. And you're just like the people during the time of Noah, the people during the time of Lot, they had no idea. That very night before Lot 
uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. The men were looking for gay sex. The night, fire was coming. The messengers that came to inform, this <laughs> everything is going to be burned, brought down to nothing, uh, pack. While those messengers have arrived, human beings are saying, do you see those fine men? They are fine, no? And God, let's go. Let's go and rape them. The very messengers of your doom, you're trying to attack. The very people who came to save and warn you, those are even the people you are attacking. Now, Jerusalem has been known to do things like this too. That is why in the book of Revelation, you hear Jerusalem, he calls it the great city, and he calls her Sodom and Egypt, because they do the same thing. Jesus said it. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill your prophets, you attack those that are sent to you. They do the same thing. And Jerusalem represents the body of Christ. A body blind. Those angels proved it. They pulled Lot in as he went out to remonstrate with them and scripture. They pulled him back in and they struck with blindness. I'm told it's not physical blindness. Just like the story of Elisha and the soldiers who came. It's not physical blindness. It's a blindness where you think you're seeing. It's the worst kind of blindness. It's not physical. You don't need someone to hold your hand. You're seeing. You can see trees and the road and cars, but you're 100% blind. In the case, the Bible says in the Sodom and Gomorrah story that they wearied themselves with trying to find the door. They somehow couldn't find the door to that house anymore. They kept doing that and missing the door. They were still seeing. If it was blindness, they would have gone, hey, I'm blind, I'm blind. They would have just left the place. They would have been too terrified. That's not what happened. They kept trying to find the door. So they got tired and left. May this not happen to your enemy. Where you are blind and you don't know and you, you weary yourself till you pass out. Thinking you're seeing, not knowing you're seeing nothing. In the time of Elisha, after he prayed that his servant's eyes be opened and he saw the chariots of fire around the city. See, the, an army from Syria had surrounded where Elisha was because he used to expose the king of Syria's secrets to his own king, foiling all their plans. And the servant came, alas, my master, in summary, we are finished. His master said, no, those with us are more than those against, against us. This, this small army, have you seen the soldiers with us? And he said, Lord, open his eyes. And suddenly the guy saw there were horses and chariots of fire all over the mountains around this army that was around them. And he went, oh, wow. That's why Elisha had the confidence he had. And then he came out and said, uh, Come, let me show you the man you're looking for. He wasn't lying. He wasn't, it's not me you're looking for. It's that king. <laughs> Come, let me show you the man you're looking for. You know, and he told they went blind. They didn't go, ah, we can't see. Hold our hand. I've heard preachers say that. <laughs> that don't make any sense. You don't get blind and you're busy looking for someone. No, you look for a way. You, you cry. You look for how to get home. 
like okay you're blind what will you do when you see the man you're looking for you stab him in the air they could see but they could not see what was before them was not before them bro andrew that's what used to happen with him god smuggler when you go to communist countries the guards will go blind there would be bibles on the seat next to him they are searching for any religious documents he could have hundreds of bibles they wouldn't see any it happened multiple times that's blindness the guards are not blind when Corrie ten boom the dutch woman who with uh, um her family the ten boom family uh were thrown into prison for helping jews during the second world war they they would they would uh, when she was in prison so they scattered the family but she had a bible and they would strip them down and search them before they entered and this bible was on a string on her neck or something they've stripped them down they are not wearing anything pass 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 she had that bible hanging on her neck and they passed her how the person is naked you still can't see god does this i'll give one more example i'm giving three contemporary examples um brother yun you read the book book called heavenly man by uh Brian, you know, Heavenly Man, it's a very interesting book. He's still alive. It's not, he wrote that book in the 2000s or so. And he was in prison in China. He was in prison in China. And God told him, he's a, a church leader. They broke his leg, couldn't walk. They would have to carry him kind of like that. You know, they had beaten his leg with a baton. He broke, he was in prison for preaching the gospel and one day the Lord led him you should escape you should leave every door he came to this is a high security prison in China every door he came to so from when the brother took him to the toilet bathroom came out every door was open the guards were walking around they would stand there he walked through and walked through and walked through multiple I think maybe about four he walked through them then he got to the outer courtyard and the gate of the prison, the whole prison, massive gate, was open. As he was walking, he said every moment he expected bullets in his back. Till he got to the gate, saw a taxi drop someone, he entered it. He got somewhere, got to a brother's house, said, please, can I borrow, help me? And the man said, yes, take my passport, international passport, and take my son's bicycle or something. Is as he was riding the bicycle that he realized, wait, I can't walk. <laughs> like, how is any of this? The fear in the prison didn't let him remember he couldn't walk till he walked through all, you know. So, and he escaped. Then God put rain to wash away every track. Have the most torrential rain downpour. Without warning, just started raining. Once he arrived where he was, it rained so hard. They would have tracked. Yeah, they washed away all evidence because god wanted it now that those are three examples of blindness it's not that the person is suddenly visually impaired no it's the blindness that god can cause 
And some of you here may have experienced something like that, where something should have been seen is obvious, and somehow it's not seen. You know? So this is even true to some. How many of you, anyone, experienced something where you see some women blind around you? But you know they still say, okay? So if, if you're to hear their stories, I'm sure, you, oh dear, there's a doubting Thomas. Okay, quick, 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 tell us why, how. Go on. My passport had expired. And I presented it for something and they still... They still stamped it, yes. Her passport had expired. Listen, passport is not your picture. It's international passport. The other one, okay. So normally, you should... By the way, that brother, you, when he got to that airport, he gave someone's passport. The, the man at the airport looked at him and said, this is not you. And stamped it. <laughs> and gave him <laughs> that's how he boarded a plane and flew out to Germany and from there skipped to the, to the west yes when I was in school I misplaced most of my school fees receipts and just before we were about to do the final year clearance I couldn't find it and I, I tried to get it back I couldn't so I went back home and I told my parents about it that, and, my, and my mom said we should just pray about it and we did, and I went back for the clearance. I had gone before and I was sent away, and I went back with the clearance, but with um, the clearance card that they usually stamp different years. And two of my, two of the semesters weren't stamped. That was why I was sent back before. But I went back with exactly the same thing, and the woman said, ah, I thought they had cleared it before. And, you know, she just cleared it without... Seeing, seeing or noticing. Yes, yes, yes. One more. So when I was in school, um, there was a night, it was a Saturday. So I was actually, uh, I went to the school campus to get my clothes ironed. So while I was coming back, a group of robbers had filled the streets, called boys and they were robbing. And I was walking with a friend and we just walked through them, through the middle. And um, I, I was kind of surprised because, you know, they just separated on both sides and I walk, we walked through. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, so Sister Anne Okoro and uh, um, some others used to go from when we saw in 218, we saw some uh, upcoming trouble in W6 where, you know, W6 hostel of the town campus here across, you know, the hostel down there. So God has shown us prophetically that they would have problems, dark clouds, troubles were coming. So we, we began to hold devotions there, but we didn't really have mature people there, Christians, the few people that were there. So we told the people from Annex campus to cross over early in the morning, 5 a.m., 5.30, to go and hold devotions there, just asking for mercy, you know, on that hostel. and. Some months later, if you were there, you heard about it, you know, troubles, people broke into the hostel in the day, you know, attacked, robbed, went from room to room, the things. And the funny thing is, two stories from that, she walks in, she's walking one morning, going for devotions, Otobo Ekanem is with her, you know. Where's Otobo? Okay, second service. So... She's holding phones in her hand, her own Anotomong's phone. Also, 
and she's working and these are like 30 cult boys coming from wherever they stay in the ravine area and she walks past holding two phones in her hand and greets them hello and passes and they <laughs> i don't think they greeted her back probably did she passes Otobong is trailing behind. You know how people are walking and someone else is just walking, a group of maybe three people, four. They get to Otobong and say, where's your phone? And put a gun, a real gun to her head. You know, and she says, not with any phone. Because her phone is with the other lady. <laughs> Whom you just walked past. Are you blind? Obviously. So God will blind them like that because he can. I'm giving you an example of how God delivers and will deliver many in the coming days. Oh yeah, many will be delivered that way. It's the only way sometimes, but I'm giving just an illustration of how God, when he does bring judgments, which we must get ready for, it's not going to be by your might or power. It's not because you're going to, many people, we have this mindset, I'm going to fly, I'm going to run, all I need to do is save money. So when the time comes, I will run to another country. During the uh, Nigerian Civil War, people were at the airport when uh, soldiers uh, shot them dead. They had the cash to fly, but it took them to where they slaughtered. If they had stayed in their village, they would have lived, possibly. Did you hear what I just said? Oh, the race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong. Time and chance happens to everyone. There are things that are way beyond. And especially when it's God that wants to bring judgment. When it was time for Ahab to be killed, the arrow did search and destroy. The Bible says a man, a soldier of the other side, Syrian arm, he took a bow and arrow and just shot into the air. The Bible says randomly. He did this. He just shot into the air. The king of Israel typically would have armor on him, the best quality. He was dressed in normal clothes like a normal human being. All this to prove the prophet wrong that had said, you see that battle you're going to at Ramad Gilead, you will die. And as he was leaving, he said, lock this prophet up till I come back safely. The man shouted, if you come back safely, God has not spoken to me. He went, he told the king of Judah, who mistakenly joined him, foolishly joined him. He said, wear your royal robes. Look like a king. Guinea pig, lamb for the slaughter. He didn't say this part out inside. Mumu, Mumu king. You know, you came with that, you're a simple man. You know what he used to call? He said, my brother, my, my brother. A brother, they are sacrificing you. Then him, he dressed like a normal soldier, covered up like a common man. He's in the middle of the battle to show you what he was doing. In the middle of the battle, the king of Syria had said, focus on killing the king of Israel. And they pressed hard on him in the middle of battle. Which king? Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And the man shouted, hey, ah! I don't know how he shouted, what he shouted. <laughs> the Bible says the moment they realized he's not King Ahab, they left him. So you see why King Ahab told him to dress like a king? Why he dresses normally? You see that kind of sense? Now this random guy that did 
target, but let me just shoot into the air. The arrow came. The Bible says he went between his armor. If you watch Tom and Jerry, <laughs> if you've had the privilege of the wisdom of Tom and Jerry, that arrow came like this. You see all those arrows that have break. Said, <laughs> said, look, the Bible said there was a, a gap, a gap between the arrows. The went like, mm, mm, went in. Uh, he died. He did not come back alive. He died. Because the God who can do all things did all things. He had said he would die. So there are those, if you are appointed for death, except God has said no, it will happen. If it is God that says you are appointed for death, sorry. Even when demons come after some, except God intervenes, no need. You run up, down, left and right. It's useless. Because of who has determined it. The inhabitants of the earth will be judged. Whether they know it or not. They will be judged. There's a blindness that stops people from seeing what is. It can be acquired gradually. Or it can be put on them. There's a message on blindness. I, can't, I don't know the name from years ago. It was, I would say, the most detailed message on blindness I had given. And it talked about God pouring out a spirit of stupor. It's quoted in Romans chapter 11. Isaiah had a calling. Isaiah's calling was to make people blind. Here I am, send me, Lord, was a response to God saying, Lord, God said, who will I send? And the assignment God had was a blindness-inducing assignment. I need someone to go and blind the people of Israel till the land is in ruins. That was the calling of Isaiah. In case you've heard me so far and you still don't get. And this is no simple thing. It's horrible. That God will come like those angels did in Southern Gomorrah and make a people blind. Who can save you from that? Second Thessalonians 2. Let's read that one. 8, 9, 10. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will slay with the breath of his mouth and annihilate by the majesty of his arrival. The coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the walking of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder. Verse 10. And with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing. Because they refused the love of the truth. Take note. They refused the love of the truth that would have saved them. Next verse. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe a lie. That's what blindness is. This is how it works. It's God. It happened to King Ahab. You know, Micaiah the prophet told him. He said, God has sent a spirit to deceive your prophets and they are deceiving you. That's how blindness comes. This blindness that does not allow people prepare for the day of the Lord comes through your not loving 
the truth. Through your not loving the truth, verse 12 says, in order that judgment may come upon all who have disbelieved the truth and delighted in wickedness. These are the conditions to be deceived, to suffer this blindness. You have disbelieved the truth. The truth was presented to you. You choose not to believe it. How do we know you didn't believe it? Because you didn't do it. You didn't practice it. And you delighted in wickedness. You disbelieve the truth and you delight in wrongdoing. The opposite of what God says you should do. The scriptures say God sends a powerful delusion. People of God, if you don't want to fall into the blind category, the ones who are dancing and singing and rejoicing when you should be terrified, afraid and mourning, praying, calling out to God, save me, change my wicked soul. When you do hear truth, believe it. There's a difference between not knowing something, it's called ignorance, and willfully refusing something because you want to do what you would like to do. There's a very big difference. I constantly warn people about this. There's something like God leaving you alone and handing you over to a powerful delusion. When it is God that hands you over to a delusion, the thing is in front of your eyes. You will not see it. <sighs> Hard to explain. I've given you illustrations. It's there. You're looking at it, but you will not see it. Your way out of trouble has finally come. You will not see it. Why? Because you've been handed over. It will be there. You will not see it. I don't know if you've seen people that seem to make bad choices at every turn. Like they have an incredible grace. Out of whenever you place two options in front of them, they choose the wrong one. It's like an ability from hell. That's how that thing works. Two people talk to you. You always go with the one that will end you in trouble. It just comes naturally. Never seeming to get like, no. Uh, is it not clear? Can't you see? <laughs> I won't even fail now. It's right now happening in the body of Christ all over. It's worldwide. Now, the people of the world are blind normally, but what about Christians? I heard that the second biggest cryptocurrency, something has crashed. I think they just lost a few, how many billions? Huh? Only 16 billion. Okay. People are devastated everywhere. But the, 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 the risk still goes on. People are still investing. People are talking about, yeah, yeah. let's invest in nothing. <laughs> so when I look at you, I'm like, how is it not obvious you shouldn't do that thing? How? Like, is it not obvious? To me, it's so plain. This is wrong. Don't be involved in this. And so many people are like, you don't even understand how the world works. Then they start telling stories about patients. Now, when I read about that man that took his parents, he didn't take it. Now there's a million stories, but you know, 
And my decision about these things is not based on any story. There were no stories when I was saying what I was saying. There wasn't a single story. I was saying it before cryptocurrency almost even started. How much more after? He told his parents, two retired parents, $800,000 or so. That's their retirement savings. That's what they, they are living on for the rest of their elderly lives. He talked to them, convinced them, they invested all. And he was talking about how he heard his father or mother saying, darling, we should go on vacation in weather Bahamas. And he knows that they don't have a dime. It's all gone. So what makes someone, I'm just wondering, this is my personal muse, music. Why is it not half you, you invested and kept the other half? What makes someone take everything they have? and put on nothing. Money that does not have source other than someone's feeling. When they say these things crash, does it mean it fell from their hand into a gutter? No, the person you gave it to said, you know what, I'm cashing and packs all and puts, and you can't sue him. You don't even know who is with it. They just take it away, that's all. Someone just takes it. It's not because something happened. Many times, it's not that someday, someone just have enough stupid people brought their money together and walks away and becomes very rich while millions of people go into abject poverty. And that is that. And no, they say it's investment. Explain. In all labor, there is profit. Uh, which labor do you labor here? Hey, you know, when I walk, I now take my money. I'm, where's the labor? Where's the groundnuts you bought and fried? Where are the things you bought and came and sold, marketed? Where's the effort? You, you, you did a transfer, a bank transfer. Me, I can do it too. Can't you do bank transfer? That's your labor. You did bank transfer. And I also sat up at night and, and looked, at, looked at what? How money was moving. Okay. Me too, sometimes I look at my accounts, where money is. <laughs> then you now decide if I don't push my money into this account, that account will do, uh, uh, and you cough up much more money. Okay, that's like MMM now. No, this is not MMM. This one is. Investment. How is it investment? Where is the labor? Again, someone's going to hear me and say he's ignorant, he doesn't know what he's saying. Keep saying what you like. I've been saying, every time I say it, it crashes. Have you not noticed? We talk about it, you crash one day or two later, it's not the same day. We talk, it crashes. We talk, it crashes. Till, now I found out that blindness is an affliction, as I was explaining. So there's nothing you can do about some people, except pray what we constantly pray, for eyes to see and ears to hear. Because when your eyes here and your ears here, you won't take yourself and walk straight into a pit. Money you will not give to God. You want to give uh, to the kingdom, to the work of the kingdom. Either you give it, you look around, you see the one that is using it to buy cars, waste it and all that. You give to that one, the same blindness. You talk, look at the one doing the work of kingdom, really, really, really helping God's purposes in the earth. You will not give there. You give 200 naira. The other one, you send 20K. That kind of thinking. Then, fake investment, you give 200,000. 
200k. That's how blindness works. Everything, every choice is wrong. Wrong. Want to marry? Just ah, handsome guy, deep voice, broad shoulders. Looks like he can protect me. Are we in a jungle? <laughs> Hey, jungle, are we fighting lions and wildcats? I would understand. You were in the bush. Fine, I understand. Wild forest. It's good to have a husband that says, Mukiti, fall behind me. <laughs> Be, uh-huh. Then you look at small, you know, Bilad, and he looks too small. Mukiti. And you say, husband, fall behind me. <laughs> but that's not the world we are in. Where are we? We are in a time where <laughs> I've seen some of my classmates that are short. And they are walking, they were walking at all company. And, uh, yeah, smallness has nothing to do with the size of the car or the house. And you see who jumped out of the car? The <laughs> guy has to jump. <laughs> <laughs> Big car like this, very fine. <laughs> you want to mind Mr. Broad Shoulders? There's no food. Be careful. I'm just talking about blindness. A little here, a little there. Blindness. Don't be blind. Ask God to show you things. What? You must ask God for eyes. That's how you see. And that's how you prepare. When nobody sees what is coming, when everyone's eating and drinking and rejoicing, you are preparing very differently. John Paul Jackson says he was sitting in his office. He was new to the prophetic. And he heard the Lord say, stand up. Stand up. And he's like, huh? Lord? Heard again, stand up right now. He was in his office. And he got up and took about 20 steps, maybe to that door and ran, got to the door. Boom! A car smashed through his wall, crushed the desk, the chair he was sitting on, crushed it. That like, how many, two seconds, three. If it was most of us, your obituary would have been out. Your obituary would be out. And because we think again that life works. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. A man was sitting on his veranda, his porch. The car broke the fence and killed him on the porch. As if the fence was not enough to stop the car. Boom! Boom! All of you should have seen that video of that young boy standing, waiting for the school bus by a fence. Young boy. Then he just walks and stands, just strolling. He's kicking something on the ground. The moment he's behind a tree, BAM! A car. That car didn't come one way. It slid across and hit the tree. It, one second. Who has, who has not seen that video? One second. One second from his getting to that tree. It's a camera. It's not a film. It's these security cameras. It's unbelievable. And then many others. There was a series of videos they put together. The one that is walking on the road and two cars have an accident around him. <laughs> Bam, bam, you know, like literally, you can do nothing because the cars are hit themselves here, spinning around here. Like, 
the most incredible. Some it looks like the tire climbed people's heads, but it somehow did it. I mean, the girl falls like that. One of our people does the other month or so. Say she's on a bike. Next thing she finds herself under a trailer. Another one had talked about falling before that day. I had just asked for her mercy or just moving around the house. And she came to mind and she was in stubbornness and rebellion at the time. And she just came to mind. And I just said, God, have mercy on her. Have mercy on her. Because some, you know how these things, okay, whether you know or not. Just say, God, have mercy on her. All that. And later I heard that very day, she, she was walking or whatever and she fell down and she saw the tires of the trailer like this. She was lying down in front of trailer tires. How it breaked. Now many of those times, nothing breaked. An angel held it. That's all that happened. That's all. That's why you don't, you hear people say stupid things like, you are lucky. If you are blind, don't be stupid on top. <laughs> you have to understand that the way things run in this world, there is much more to it, to reality. What makes a man standing somewhere, he's standing like that, then he just takes a step back. Glass from a window that has been there. God knows how many years the window has been there. From upstairs, falls like this. You know the kind of that thing just slice it. Just shatters. How do those things happen? Are you going to, can you, can you be careful enough? You know, I know we, we should all be very careful people. I, I often speak of that. But you cannot, you, it is not in man to direct his steps. It's not, you don't have the ability. It's not in man that walks to direct his steps. You can't possibly successfully protect yourself enough it's not possible it's simply impossible planes have landed on buildings planes have landed on buildings with people inside planes have taken off and crashed people have gotten to planes and the Holy Spirit said go back and the plane crashed people have been in cars and the car stopped. One thing or the other, and God protected you or stopped you or saved you. You enter a vehicle and someone else, you step out to buy something. You know, the other, I'm thinking of what one is here. One is a story I had, a former church I was in. And the lady hears her pastor's voice calling her and she goes down. Wondering where is she? Can't find him. Ah, in the park. So she goes back and enters, but someone has taken her seat. She says, I was here. The man refuses to stand up. Do we know if it was a man or an angel? All we know is that you may have heard it if you are living in your... This is in the 90s, if you are old enough, or you may have heard the story. It was called J5. Those were those buses, J5 buses. Between you and Ikorek, man. It burned, it burned, it roasted everyone in it. Everyone in it was roasted to death. So the girl enters the next bus, then she comes and sees her bus, the bus. This is the bus that someone took her seat. Now if you can't see, you fight the man. 
Okay, you're coming down. <laughs> My mother was a warrior. You're coming down. <laughs> I can't see. So whoever that was, whether it was a real human being or I'm not sure she stood and found out. He saved her life. If you're very concerned about the man, check yourself. Check yourself. I know, but doesn't God love the other person? Listen, that's your problem. The same way I want to be used by God, some people want to be used by Satan. Everyone should serve his master. What made that man, if he was a real human being, insist on not standing up? It's called blindness. It's only blindness that will make him insist on sitting there. This boss is fated for destruction. You stay in it? Okay. It's blindness that made him come at the time he came and sit on the city side. As you've heard me say so far, do not presume that you walk around saying, God, open my eyes to avoid danger. That's not what I've been preaching. Lot was not walking around saying, Lord, help me avoid danger. No. He was a normal person. He had eyes to see someone who had known God. And he told these angels whom he saw in the, the town square, come, stay with me in my house. They said, no, don't worry, we'll sleep here in the square. He said, no, 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 this place is not safe. No, 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 come, come. He was being a good man. He was doing righteousness. That's how you get to see. Not by walking around saying, God, show me. No. It's by being righteous, fearing God, obeying God, loving God, that you will get eyes that see. This is not, I'm not talking about scriptural knowledge now in that way I'm talking about the ability to know what god is saying when he's saying it how he's saying it. to be led by the lord to be prompted to the left now to the right should you go out should you not do you think it's only on days of disaster how can you learn it on days of disaster it, it, it better be a bit normal better just be your life so that when it is a day of disaster you Continue as you normally have continued. Is this clear? Final story I'd want to tell about that W6 incident. When those robbers entered, our people didn't know who they were. Robbers, cultists, whatever. They're robbing, if they're cultists, they're robbing cultists. But our people had just finished devotion, not the same day with the other day, you know. They had finished devotions. This is even a year later or two. It's not even the same time. They had devotions outside. And they were Sister Marichi was here at the lobby, the entrance by the counter where the porter stayed. And I think um what's her name? Hope. Mr. Abasi was there too. And they were standing there talking with their phones in their hands. They were there. And the, the, a group of young men. And they said they, they want to go inside. And uh, I had just preached about being careful how you talk to people. 
and hope whoever she said, guys, don't enter girls' hostel, you know, whatever. She was shooting off her mouth. Not just like the sister. Yeah. Amarachi looked at her like, you won't keep quiet. Don't be waiting and preach. You won't keep quiet. They didn't even know. They think these are normal guys. But when the guy was now raging, like, is it me you're talking to? He put his hand inside his jacket. She didn't understand. She saw a black thing. She knew it's later when the whole rep came and the guy pulled out a long magic and used it and beat the whole rep and beat her. And because the whole rep came, say, How dare you go inside? They were there with their phones. Those guys went inside, entered rooms, took phones, took things, took. But you pass people with no phone, you can't look for. They pass, pass, pass. We even had a sister in that room. You know, I think they took every phone except hers. There's a blindness that God can create. Only God can create it. That's the point. Against bad people. Then there's a, this blindness is, he calls them those that are perishing. Unfortunately, many Christians, the example I gave about cryptocurrency and other things, I will not apologize for saying what I believe, okay? It's called, someone may say, hey, that's your own conviction, don't speak against. I'm saying to my people now, and those online that are here, don't be around there and be a mumu. You know, apart from the fact that God, you even deserve anything you get. Because I repeat, you want to give towards real kingdom work in a place where you know they will serve God with it. You give 2,000, then you put 200,000 in greed. Why will you not lose it? The God of this world has blinded their eyes, the Bible says. Blinded their eyes. He is the one implementing here, but it's God that handed them over to that deceiving spirit. That deceiving spirit. Don't ever offend, don't dislike truth. Don't let God come to the place where he hands you over to a deceiving spirit. Nobody can save you from God. Nobody. Eli told his son, he said he was a man. And when is God? Who will save you from God? Who will you report God to? Only God can save you from himself. All your focus must be on convincing God to please change his mind. But if you think I'll run and get help, since God will not help me, <laughs> nobody can help you except God. People will be handed over to a strong delusion. You see people do the same thing over and over again. They say I was unlucky that time. You know, now I'm not going like with the cryptocurrency thing again. I'm, I refuse to go into explain it. I've spoken about it many times. Go and search out messages where I've explained why I don't think it's okay. Why I don't, if you like, quote anybody, you know, we've had people say things, but so and so says it's okay. Continue. I, I, in fact, how has it worked out for you? I know for everyone in this congregation that tried it, it was mostly new people, or they were not here yet, or they are not, they weren't too sure of Pastor Itayet. All of them lose their money. There's none that doesn't. Who is successful in that? Thing? Nobody, I know. Okay, no, there was this time I made after that. No, I saw the guy made 
one million after that, Nico. How is he doing now? After that one million, what now happened? So things are not based on just what you want to try. That's like someone saying, no, 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 I succeeded. We married. Now, Nico, you don't understand. I say we wedded. I know. I saw the pictures. What about now? It was a very grand wedding. What about now? Guy, leave now. Now, they talk, wait, it happen. I mean, I'm always interested in the future of what you begin. What about now? And after he tried to poison me three times. Eh? <laughs> tried to poison you three times. Uh, and that's marriage. You better have had eyes. Say, God, please, is this your will? But if you don't have a habit of wanting to even do God's will, why should he lead you? God, is this your will? Is she the one? Is this the place? Is this the job? The guy that left Nigeria and landed in America and a stray bullet, stray, picked him up. Boom. Well, how long? One week? I mean, I was asking, are there not bullets in Nigeria? <laughs> So you left here to go and die there. And you're going to tell me, someone's going to try and say he's unfortunate. No, he was supposed to be in his land. Okay, what about the ones that landed a few days before Ukraine war? Don't tell me anything. Well, you can believe anything you like. You know, people are very weird. They don't even, even what, so it's that spirit of a strong delusion that even when the things in front of them, they never get the point. You try something the first time, you almost died. You try the second time, you almost died. You try, why are you still trying? Because you're blind. Is that taxi man? Reckless man? No, it's not the taxi man. You have been handed over to destruction. And if you continue, you will, be, you will succeed in being destroyed. You have to have the ability to learn to see with the eyes of God. You left Nigeria. You gathered three million naira. You ran to where war is about to begin. You succeeded in arriving. You arrived with three boxes. You left with your body. Only you. Your body. After suffering like a thief. You made it to UK. You're squatting God knows where now. You've been looking for a way to come back to Nigeria. Why? If they tell you, if you came across someone like me telling you, well, pray about everything. Only do what you believe God approved. You would have said, this man does not understand our God. Mandiba. <laughs> don't understand your God. I don't understand your God. And what's its name? Because I don't understand. Definitely. It's not this my God. This my God leads people. Besides steel waters. He restores my soul. Except God sent you as a missionary where there's war. But don't tell me God sent you into that confusion. That you just gathered three million, threw it away. Then came back happy. What kind of ministry is that? The Bible says you should say by the if God wills. Not I want it. God stamp it. 
It's blindness that makes you do that. It's blindness. Those soldiers that Elisha led carried all themselves straight into a fortress, the fortress of Samaria. When their eyes opened, they were still open, but when it opened, they saw they were surrounded by the army. Can you be, imagine being marching to a barracks? They're surrounded by all the army of Israel. <laughs> and the king said, shall I strike? Shall I strike? I slaughter this thing. There's nothing here. No. Elisha being one who had eyes to see said, strike what? What he took by your bow and arrow. Give them food and give them water and send them home to their master. Because he understood. But forget that part. Blind, blind, blindness. Blindness will march you straight into the center of your destruction. And sometimes it will leave you shortly before the destruction. To now, imagine the two sons-in-law or sons-in-law to be of Lot's daughter, of Lot. As the first drops of fire hit, boom, boom, they look at each other. Ah, Rika, Rika, hey, Mumu, Mumu. You see that thing with that home at all? Ah, not true, not ah, true, true. They had a lifestyle of not listening. There's nothing like it was a sudden event, no suddenness here. There's a price to pay to be out of trouble when times. See, seasons of trouble are coming. I will completely sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I'll sweep away man and beast, birds of the earth, fish of the sea, and the idols with their wicked worshippers. Idols must not be physical. Idols are things other than God. Number one, mammon, the love of money. Money. The wealth monster. My God wants it. It's a lie. It will kill you. God says he will sweep you away. Worship money? He will sweep you away. He guarantees he will sweep you away. Major reason. Babylon is said to be the birthplace of money. In case you haven't heard. Mesopotamia. Ancient Mesopotamia. When they track money, they track it to clay tablets. Stamped, inscribed. So when they say the birthplace of money, they say, Mesopotamia, in case you don't know whether it's all of the Chaldeans, if you don't know who the Chaldeans are, Babylonians. What's Babylon? Babylon was the beginning of the kingdom of Nimrod. The mighty hunter before the Lord. Nimrod means rebel. Three major events have happened in the earth. Not one. You say the fall and you're thinking about the Garden of Eden. Gentiles think like that. Jews never thought like that. The building of the Tower of Babel was a great fall. You don't know it. Massive fall. Massive. Right now, Satan is trying to construct that again. You might not realize it, but he is. He's very intent on putting it together. Bits and pieces. It is Babylon that is judged at the end of the age. In the book of Revelation. It's Babylon. Babylon is the head of the kingdoms of the world. It's, so it was the first of Nimrod's kingdom. And it's the last. So the same way God does things, beginning and end, that's the same way Satan has things. And that enemy is what God is going to take down. And that system runs on money. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God 
and Babylon. That you're intricately bound into Babylon and you don't even realize it means you're utterly blind. You will be destroyed. If you don't understand what the mark of the beast is, it's a power to sell and to buy. The Bible says so. None of these things are my opinion. The Bible says that those that did not take the mark were not able to buy or sell. What do you buy and sell with? So keep looking for a mark while running after, while living with the mark. You attach the money like the majority are. The Bible says the Pharisees, they were sitting on the seat of Moses. Jesus also says, that's Matthew 23. Jesus also says that Matthew 16 talks about the Pharisees loving money. I believe it's Matthew 16. And then the Lord said clearly, you can't serve God and mammon. He said you can't. The Bible says the Pharisees loved money. But they sat in the seat of Moses. They were the primary religious teachers in Israel. They were also lovers of money. Together. What would I advise people that have spent their life reading books about how to make money and have money and all that? I would advise you to stop reading those books. Let me just come out and say it. I would really advise you to stop reading those books and just go put yourself on a course. You can join us. We started, no, you may be here, but you can catch up. Just read from Genesis to Revelation in a translation. After that, read it again. You see, you can't lose with the word of God. I, don't, stop reading three verses. Like, sit down and read. Today is Sunday. You go back home. Yeah. It's good. Let me teach you a good habit. I formed it in the 90s. On Sundays, whether you fast or not, uh, if you are not actually walking on that Sunday, maybe you're in a hospital or you're uh, the airport or something, or an essential duty, free yourself on it. Because the other days tend to be very busy and people reach out. Let it be known. Will it be a battle? Yes, yes, yes. It's a battle. If you think you're going to occupy promised territory without fighting, then no. You will have to tell. They will know. If you're living in your family house, I was living in my parents' house when I started this. Was in my second year in university or so. No, 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 no. I was... Yeah, yeah, about first or second year in university. And I'll take every Sunday off. So on Sundays, I would be in my room. When I come back, fasting helps in that, um, apart from fasting, just being good. It helps in your not being around and going to eat. When they see you come to eat, they will send you. So if you say, no, I can't fast now, buy bread, buy something that doesn't need then go to your room, close the door, tell, you have to tell, you can't just do it without telling, say please I'm fasting, I'm praying on Sundays now, or I'm praying on Sundays, if you're not fasting, go to the room, when you come, I advise you, close the windows, close the door, off the phone, be you and God, uh, and this is someone's answer, even though it's many people's answer, you're saying, this thing you're saying, you make, when you say it, as you is easy, uh, let me tell you how, now how is it going to be at the beginning, very hard, very hard. Satan will fight you, your stomach. You that normally stays without eating and you don't notice it. 
this one you notice it from morning your body will go haywire is the devil and some of you have experienced it already but if you continue every sunday people will tell people say they'll as they call your name Ma! they'll you say your mother will say leave her she's praying your father will say she's praying which kind of prayer i said she's praying sunday she said she wants to be praying it's the freest day for most quietly just go in stay there you, you and god what will i do ah how many hours from 12 to or from one to six you can stand up by three if you like by four by five six is a good time what should i do there let me give you a list of things one at the top of the list read your bible take notes don't just read take notes there are times to just read there are times write down something you've learned before you do pray sing to god just something i know it's hard okay don't sing just say something lord please then tell him teach me holy spirit amen talk as though you're talking to a person simple then what happens when i get bored sleep set an alarm for one hour one hour and a half after that one hour 10 minutes 15 minutes that's enough for siesta beep 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 you've off the phone but your alarm should still put the phone on beep 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 or it's on silent but you wake up so you won't sleep till you understand till six till your mother walks in and says eh, prayer prayer come prayer. you know you don't want this embarrassing situation no so wake up and go ahead when you wake up what have christian books ask here we'll give you someone read that christian book learn to enter so you know why many people find waiting on the lord so hard you try to enter at the highest level you want to walk in like this from zero bam, bam, visions and revelation hallelujah is a lie you ease yourself into god's presence that's how people hurt themselves they don't and they say that thing was too bad mm -mm. read a christian book you can read it for two hours read a good christian book read it if you're new or you're a visitor ask ask for a number from one of the leaders they can suggest oh this have you read this oh you should read this read good morning holy spirit by benny Hinn. it's a good book to read if you haven't read it read the final quest by rejoining read uh, Kenneth Hagin's following God's plan for your life or plans purposes and questions read it read it read it these are books that will change your life don't focus on the authors whether they've gone into error later or not those are very sound books very good it will do something inside now if you have read all of that there's more much much more again ask and we can point you in the right direction or even assist you Are you hearing? Do that. Enjoy yourself. Don't feel guilty. Say, ah, what kind of fasting? Fasting and prayer. You ought to be praying. God, you Stop all that nonsense. Take it. Once in a while, why I mention how long I've been born again is because there are people that always look, ah, does he know mother? I've, see, I've been born again longer than some of your preachers. Though. I got born again in 1989. That would mean I've been born again for about 33 to 34 years. That's a while, though. 
Even if I didn't mature, I was quite young. I didn't mature much in the first six years. After that, I had a growth spot. I'm trying to explain things I have learned on the way succinctly. And I've learned that if you will patiently be simple, stop. Stop trying to wait on the Lord weekly with a mindset. When I come out, I must come out with an angelic encounter. Drop all those ideas. Get rid of it. Stop trying to say, when I'm there, I must, I must be shaking. There must be sweat. Don't stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that the only way to hear God is by being so deep in the spirit. You're unconscious. It's because of these ways of thinking that people, you, you believe you must be heard in the room. You don't need, none of that is needed. None. If it happens, let it happen naturally. That after you are reading this thing, you know we're reading the Bible, maybe, or, or, you, or this thing touched your heart, you started talking to God about it, and you went deeper and deeper, and maybe conviction setting, or passionate intercession came on you, or so, let it, let things happen naturally. Stop trying to make anything happen. Did you hear me? Don't try to make an experience. It will be fake. I started waiting on the Lord in, so what year, 1998, 99, 99. That's when I started officially, every Sunday. You come, you stay, you come, you stay, you come, you stay, you stay. I will sleep without guilt. I said, no, don't, don't sleep. You're tired, sleep. You've been busy all week, sleep. God is not offended with your sleeping. It's called the rest of the Lord, the Sabbath, not Sunday. Sunday is not the Sabbath. The word Sabbath is rest. You can rest physically too. Rest spiritually. So stop, get rid of all these things in your head. And like I said, if you know that, ah, no, 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 fasting, no, 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 no. Even though most Nigerians should be able to fast one way or the other. If you know that fasting has become such a structure, carry one small loaf of bread, carry some milk, uh, something. God is not angry. How, 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 how dare you eat and come and approach me? Have you not read where I said, Gabriel, where did I say? <laughs> we have wrong idea. So things you could enjoy, you don't enjoy. Being with God is a great burden and you are so afraid of it. Because they told you that to see God, ah no, you must go to the mountains of Ekiti. <laughs> if it's not dry and harsh, body destroying, it's not God. It's a lie. You're supposed to enter his gates with not grieving. Thanksgiving. And his courts with not mourning. So that horror you've had of approaching God, be free from it now in Jesus' name. May we be able to come to the Lord our God. As I begin to, you know, just get us to pray so that we can start a second service to which most of you are invited. Some of you are not, but most of you are invited to stay on, you know, because I'm going to keep sharing things. Um, and you know it's part of what I've said about Sunday so except you have to really really go and do some things it's good to stay and hear 
and learn and grow. It's the way of God. Jesus did not shop and say, Thou shalt. He did. We, 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 there are many wrong things in our heads. You know, maybe at, during the second service or after that, we'll take questions. If you have, feel free to write it and pass it. But I want you to understand that God welcomes you. If you eat it three times and you're sitting in front of him, he's happy. Just the main thing is that let it be known that this time is me and God time. Do you get that? That's the main thing you're fighting for. Me and God time. It's that lack of you and God time that is the root of most of the blindness and deafness human beings have. Take it from me. From 1990 or now, how many years is that? Who, anyone? Matt? About 23 years. Now, because I became a, a pastor and a busy one in the last couple of years, my personal Sunday time has completely been tampered with. So I have to take it another day, like tomorrow, Mondays. Now, you know, I'm out of circulation. But, and that's something I fought for for a long time to even achieve just recently. But for 20 something years, for years, my Sundays were sacrosanct. My Sundays were sacrosanct. You didn't come to me, you didn't, I was my, in my family house and thereafter. It was what, I, I don't care what you did or had, just leave me alone. And I know what the accumulated effect of that is. The accumulated effect of just being with the Lord. Not complicated, just being. And I'm there and I'm like, hey, sometimes, you know, there are five books there, I wonder which one do you read? And the Holy Spirit said, I'll pick that one. Read three pages, drop. Now, don't do that now. That came with years, after years. And sometimes God will just speak to me through one. He'll teach me something in the Bible. So I'll pick that book, open randomly. It will say what I just finished writing eh, in more detail. You will know. Nobody needs to tell you this is supernatural. How is it that this is the exact thing you just read in the Bible, took notes on, and then you picked a random book open the random page and it continues because God is speaking to you so you hear you know God spoke you don't need angels for those that bother eh? but when you say you know you people maybe when you go as, as, a, as, as a man of God maybe the Lord stands by you you hear his booming voice that's not how God speaks most of the time even to prophets he speaks in ways that confirm themselves and you're like wow God is speaking to me. Then you come out of there with what is called a conviction. And when you come out here, you are sure of certain things. The more you do this, the stronger you become in God. The more clear his voice becomes. The more you're sure. If you do this, looking for something always. Listen, let me end with this. If you come and sit before the Lord, always every here this is why some people don't sit before the lord because you're asking what am i looking for stop looking for anything look for the lord you didn't hear me <laughs> if, uh, you know i just realized some of you may have not understood a lot of what i said stop looking for things look for the person come before him let it be like god your child has come I came to visit you. There's no agenda. 
I'm not saying you can't seek God when you need something. I'm saying that the way you, the average Christian has been taught, you only come to God for something utterly unhealthy, utterly bad. You will never know God. Come for nothing. Come for nothing. I've often said that why I have some confidence when I pray is because the majority of the time from long 20 plus years ago I would come to him in seasons that's what Sabbath's for Sabbath's rest before the Lord is not for something it is because he said you should come that's all so you come not for anything you came to be with your father and then what you call thanksgiving and praise is you appreciating him as you're thinking about his goodness to you and to others and then you can ponder then you can say let me listen let me read one of your letters to to us or one of your records then read through it and then later on you can now go on and say let me let me uh uh, but there's this thing in my heart yes as i was as you were talking this your thing this thing you said here through malachi what does it really mean lord I, i've seen this thing it looks like ah. so you said you purge the sons of levi with with fire you said who can endure the day of his coming ah. lord what about me will i be able to endure lord how how, how does one get to endure god tell me and you can start praying Rabakusha. that's where you start talking to him how can i endure how, how, how will i endure if it bothers you if it doesn't bother you keep reading because it actually will tell you how to endure how to prepare maybe not here with a reference you look for fire he will purify like fire you look for a link you jump down to isaiah 33 you go and see oh fire the sinners in zion are afraid okay so it's sinners that are afraid this is how you learn about god then you check again with the concordance with now you guys have phones we, we had you know you, you you look fire you now write out on your book fire every passage on fire you now write it out write it out write it out. keep it then you now say okay for the next today i'll look at how much i can look if I don't finish next Sunday or during the week as my daily devotions, I'll keep looking at this top, these passages I've read. By the time you're done, you have learned about fire and God and God's people. It's in you. You didn't learn it to come and preach it. This is how I was educated by God. It was not a sermon. I was not preparing a sermon. I was learning God, sitting with him. You're in school, in your room. So like on Friday, when I'm standing here and saying, fire of God, if you're here on Friday, touch our lips. I'm not thinking, I'm not parroting uh, all the prayer groups that say, fire, fire. You know very well that they call fire down on demons normally, have you? But we were focusing on the fire burning our own lips. Because the Bible says so. And we talked about how it purges. It's not from an attempt to copy or fire looks scary. No, because over years, I have looked at this fire matter. I understand it a bit. So I know how to say, let it apply to my life. But it came from visits with the king, with our father, however you want to see him. 
Okay, there's a stage where you must see him as your father. You're a new Christian. It's a big deal. You must be a father. He's still my father. I see him as that. I talk to him like that. But many times I'm talking to God. He's not as a father. He's as my boss. Now, again, that's something you grow into and depends on your responsibility. If you think you only know him as Papa, you're mistaken. You better grow up to know him as Commander. Those who don't understand, like little children, when you're talking to them about what the commander said, they are still like, I better leave this thing. You know, my God is not like that. You don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> if, have you seen your father when he's dressed? You wouldn't even be able to smile. You don't. The more mature people get, the more you know the father beyond being daddy. Little children are the ones that are daddy anywhere they don't know different want to climb your leg in the office they don't know better it doesn't matter if the president of four countries are there they, that's it a child but as you grow your mother will tell you the mother the church will tell you no no you can't go to daddy now that is with big big people and big people the smaller you are the less you understand the older you grow the more you understand are you saying this the older you grow you understand that my father is a great king so there are times you come Father, and he said, Don't father me. What about what I told you to do? You haven't still. That's a completely different matter. Does that make him not your father? He is your father, but we are talking the family business. Kingdom matters here. Have you seen movies where a king is shouting at his son or something? You cannot. And he's saying, But father, silence. Does it mean he's not your father? How are you going to learn this thing if you will not keep visiting? You want to visit once on Sundays? You will always be a child. The other day we were praying and we had a vision given us of being high up in something and down like on earth. It was war. But the funny thing is that there were toys. You could see teddy bears, all sorts of toys, a truck, this, that, 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 that. And I'm, let me end with this, by God's grace, you know. But under the toys were weapons, swords, shields, armor, ancient and modern weapons, guns, everything. At the same time, are these fluffy teddy bears and small trains and red trucks, yellow, children's toys. And children will go there and pick a toy. Then the ground will open up and them, Ooh, and they're falling. Ooh. Was a long fall. And they landed. Ah, and they were on the earth. Absolute carnage is happening. War everywhere. And children are holding toys. <laughs> With toys. The grown-ups. Those who have sense, and I'm praying all of you have sense in Jesus' name. Amen. They did not pick toys. They picked weapons. So as you learn, bah, you go to war. And God said, protect the children. So the whole idea was to remove the children from here. Imagine the usefulness of a teddy bear in a battle. A red truck. Plastic. But that's how children think. My job is to raise soldiers. That's why I always tell you, you want to be a baby, you want to enjoy this place. After one, two, three times, you're going to be like, 
I understand, sir, but I guess this is not for me. You, it better be for you because we are going to have to grow up. Is this clear? Yes, sir. Do you want to be a baby in war? Yes, this war is here and it is coming. It's going to increase. The Lord will allow it. Maybe in the second service, I'll be able to continue with Zephaniah and say some more. Whether you're here or not, make sure you get to listen to the message, those that have to go. But you better get ready for the battles that are coming on the earth. Real, physical, and spiritual battle. It will come because the Lord has prophesied it. It must be. Because once God says something, it must be. I'd like us to stand to our feet. First of all, I'd like you to thank the Lord if anything I've said has been a blessing, anything the Spirit has ministered to us. Tell Him thank you for understanding, revelation, perception. Father, we are grateful for comprehension and truth. Father, we appreciate you. We delight in you. We are thankful that you are mindful of us. Blessed be your name. Good God, blessed be your name. Amen. Amen. I want you to ask the Lord. If the Lord says you completely sweep away everything from the face of the earth, how? How will we do? Verse 4 said, I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all who dwell in Jerusalem. If you didn't understand that, that's the body of Christ too. So when these judgments are coming, in 2 Peter 3, it actually says, First uh, Peter 4, he says it will begin in the household of God. Judgment. He says that. God says so. So you cannot say as a Christian, I will escape it. He said it will begin in my house. Let God be trying every man, including preachers, be a liar. If judgment will begin in the house of God, shouldn't the house of God needs to prepare. He says, I will stretch out my... So when he's, he's doing this thing he's doing, he said, I will cut off every remnant of Baal. Remnant, remnant, remnant. And the names of idolatrous and pagan priests. So priests in the body of Christ are people who lead the body. But if they are worshipping idols, and I've told you the number one idol. Jesus said it. He didn't say you can't serve God and Satan. He said you can't serve God and Mammon. Mammon is the money deity. And is not one worship being in the world. Baal. He's called the God of prosperity, in case you don't know. Of fertility. The one that provides. He's the major substitute to the almighty God. One of his names. Oh yeah, let me not go down there. But he did. They did call him the most high. It was a lie. But he was the highest in the pantheon of God. That's Zeus. That's Jupiter. The idol God. And God showed up and said, I am the most high. And what we don't remember often or even realize is that Satan's number one way of fighting is through deception. He deceives. He doesn't come and tell you, I'm the devil. No, he deceives you and pretends that he is of God. So many times, how are these priests in Jerusalem, how are they idolatrous? They bring the things from, what do you call them? 
They bring the things from Baal. He said, I'll cut off every remnant of Baal. They bring Baalish things and put in the body of Christ and teach it like truth. God wants you to know that if you hold on to any of those idolatrous practices or leaders, priests, you will be judged. He said he stretched out his hand against his own household. I want you to pray that God should deliver you. The blindness that makes you embrace your destruction like Ahab. The blindness that makes a human being stretch out his hand and welcome destruction into his house. Ask God to save you from it. In fact, that's the only other prayer we are praying. God, open my eyes. I would suggest you pray passionately. Lord, deliver me. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Lord, deliver me from the spirit of greed, mammon, and all his power. I ask that I want to be a seeing person. I want to be prepared for the days that are coming. I want to live to do the will of the Father. I want my eyes to be clear, my thoughts to be precise, my understanding to be accurate. Good God, save us from prevailing influences, oh God. May I not live in Jerusalem and suffer the fate of the wicked. I ask for eyes that see the ability to discern, break off the destruction, the weakness that is so prevalent. Lord God, give me sight that is sharp. Lord, I want only what you want. I want to desire what you desire. I want to run after what you run after. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. Eyes that see, good God. Light comes from you. There's nothing you can't do. Light comes from you. All you say is true. from delusions that are prevalent. Amen. 
Hear every sincere heart here that says, I want to know the truth. Don't say this if you don't mean it. Say, Father, Father I, desire to know the truth. I desire to know the truth and to speak it from my innermost being. Deliver me from delusions. While there's still time. May I be as Elisha. As Noah. As Lot. Deliver me from Babylon. And the destruction that will come upon her. May I be amongst the company. Of those that experience your deliverance. This is our prayer, good God. Father, I'm asking you do more than we've asked for. Imagine. Thank you. You said if we ask anything according to your will, you would hear it. I ask for everyone that begins to set aside a day to wait to seek you. Let much grace be given to them now. Amen. That terrible opposition Satan always brings to this, knowing how powerful it is. I ask that you give angels to override it. Amen. Oh, strengthen the ones who step out here now. Amen. As they stay before you come to them according to your promise, that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Amen. Every hungry heart here that has said, Lord, where are you? Lord, I wish. Thank you for answering them and giving them the strategy. Now go, help them go and do. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Now before I pray for those with a cash offering or you want to make a transfer, let me just say this in line with what we just prayed last. Listen to me. Two are better than one. The threefold cord is not easily broken. What that means is two is better than one person and three is even better than two. The easiest thing to do something is to do with a group of people. That's why people go to school. It's not that their mothers couldn't teach them ABC and it's some learn at home. Okay, but if you go to school, it's easier because a crowd, you see children trying to outdo themselves. We're saying A, B, C, D. If you just tell one child, have you tried to teach a child alone and they are they're refusing to cooperate? Have you seen the same child with a group of children? They are trying to outdo the other always. So there's a competitiveness in human nature. It's usually good to do things with people. That doesn't mean if you go outside to seek the Lord, like I said, you should go with people. Not necessarily. Even though you could go with people, if you're staying in a place, you could say, everybody in the room, we are, this is when we are seeking God. And you go, you know, now you can't compel anyone, but I'm saying, even if you're not with someone there, but you can agree with someone, okay, I'll tell you about it every week. Even if you're a visitor, I'm saying this for visitors, if you're a part of us, we, there's already a structure of accountability where there's someone you're accountable to, okay? But even if you're a visiting person, and you know you will come and go. You can still get a contact someone <coughs> and say, okay, can I be telling you about this thing? You could be in, in, you know, we have people in other countries listening in. It could be anywhere. So don't be shy or apologetic, okay? Send your name in, go to our distance, send me a, a number or something, an email address, and say, I want someone that can, I can be an accountability partner to that will follow me up, that can ask me questions. So how was this Sunday? Or how was, well, it could be a Wednesday for you. There are people who walk and are free other day. It doesn't matter what day it is. That you have a time that you spend with the Lord. 
form these habits, it will do miracles in your life. And through you, God will do miracles just because of this one thing. Being with the Lord is the most powerful thing on earth. All the rest, we can preach, we can do many things. They are useful. But all my preaching is supposed to push you to be with the Lord. Everything we do should head towards one goal. Have you seen the Lord? Because it's when you see him that you're changed into his likeness from one level of glory to the other. That's how it works. What changes us? What does the miracle? He's not going to look for power. I went there to collect power. I prayed in tongues for three days so I can come and demonstrate power for who? Your job is to be in his presence. Present. His presence rubs off on you. His knowledge, his wisdom, his grace, his love, his character. That's what will change you. We do it when we come together like this. This is it. But this is a corporate expression. It's called the church. The private expression is what I've emphasized this morning. It's super, it's the most important part. So that you can have God with you everywhere. At work, on the road, in class. You and God, there will be a thing with you and God. Not just with the crowd. That's why you don't like here, you don't hear me say often, we have come to the house of the Lord. No, you can be with God constantly in the kitchen, in the bathroom, but you must cultivate it. And I've told you how to cultivate it. So I repeat, give your number, give, send, even before you leave today, you can say, I like to speak to someone and you go to the next floor as we allow the second uh, service, you know, some will stay and some will come in. You know, you can ask before you leave. Can you point me to a leader? Uh, you know, a swap numbers. Then follow up on that. You know, follow up. You may take a day or two or three, but have something in place. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. You know, feel free. The people you'll be talking to are people that have done these things. I've said they've experienced it. They've known the benefits. Do this, and one day you will be very happy. Not just happy. You may only survive because of these things. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for the chance to give. I ask that you receive that which is given in good faith. I ask that you replenish and I ask that you give capacity for them to abound even more and more into every good work. Amen. Father, I also ask that you bless the work of their hands in this week. Give them grace, give them understanding and ability. Strengthen the weak. Enable everyone here to accomplish your purposes. Bless their water and their bread. Thank you. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at God's hyphen lighthouse dot org